Hi, I'm Liv Bolton, and this is The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire people wanting to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of their life. Today's guest is Claire Dyson. She lives and works in the Lake District and completed her own big adventure there recently. She took a friend's horse and her dog on a month-long ride around the whole of the Lake District in May 2018. I went to visit her in Kendall to hear more of her brilliant stories about the big trip. She also spoke very movingly and honestly about how the outdoors has been a huge help for her mental health. Claire's such a fun, bubbly woman who articulates so well the importance of the outdoors that many of us feel. So, let's get to the interview. Claire, it's fantastic to meet you um, in the Lake District. I have been so inspired and loved following your recent month-long ride throughout the Lake District. Can you describe to me what your uh, career is and your latest adventure? Uh, yeah, like you say, I live in Kendall. I have two jobs, actually. I work both in the Lake District. I work as a, a gardener uh, part-time and look after a beautiful walled garden for um, a really nice couple. And so I'm doing that sort of one or two days a week. And then the rest of the time I'm working with the Lake District National Park on a conservation and heritage project. So I do community engagement, so getting the people from the local community involved in all the sort of conservation projects and, and also getting them engaged in sort of increasing their dwell time in, in the woodlands and in the fells where we are in the South Lakes. So um, tell me about your latest adventure then. So I rode a lot as a kid and I never had my own horse or anything and I never did it in a posh fancy way. I just loved getting out on the pony that I would ride at the time, whatever, and just absolutely like bombing around in the woods. And and I always really, really wanted to do a trip that would involve doing overnight stays on horseback. And and in May this year, that came true. And it it was a total dream, actually. I, I really had to sort of gear myself up for it. And I took off on the 1st of May with my horse and my dog. And we traveled in a clockwise direction around the Lake District from Newby Bridge in the South Lakes and went up through the West Coast, all through those valleys on the West Coast and then round towards Keswick and then down over the Helvellyn range and um, over Helvellyn, over High Street and through the fells and then back to Newby Bridge again. So it was a month of travelling on horseback and wild camping and just going, you know, completely cross country so we went on a few roads but hardly any so it was beautiful yeah it was just amazing actually it was good I can't not grin when I talk about it (laughs) how did you kind of camp with the horse how did that work yeah a lot of people ask that a lot of people say oh did the horse just stay with you I was like no she didn't just stay with me she um the horse by the way is called Pansy um I just want to point out I never named her okay she was tethered at night so the people that own her because she's again she's not my horse I I borrowed her off some really great guys I know that breed fell ponies and they've done a lot of traveling with horses so what you do is you have um, a a huge like a leather belt that's incredibly wide and comfortable for the horse it goes around their neck and then attached to that is a a rope that's inside a hose pipe um so normally you'd use a chain but a chain is obviously very heavy so ropes inside the hose pipe because you don't want the rope to go tight around a horse's foot so a hose won't go really tight ever so you've got this kind of funny contraption of a hose pipe with a rope inside it and at the other end from 
the bit that goes around their neck. It's attached to a pin in the ground, which is about a foot and a half long and was sort of made of lightweight metal and that I could bash into the ground with a mallet and um, that I had with me. And she had, I don't know, maybe six metres of length to to go at. So she could graze at night and stuff. So that's how we did it. And then sometimes I was able to stay in fields where I'd got permission by the far from the farmer to say, you know, is it all right if I just have a bit of grazing? But you're competing with them um, lambs and sheep that at that time of year. So there wasn't loads of grazing around the farms, but if we're up on the fell, you can sort of wild camp and as long as you leave no trace, it yeah. was fine and stuff. And yeah. what was your favourite favourite part of the whole month? Oh, there was there was some really spectacular moments in the fells where it was just yeah just the three of us and and my dog Finn like is just he's a total legend as well and we've been together for like 11 years uh, since he was a puppy he's a brown and white collie um and he's a real character so there was just and pansy the pony he's a fell pony she's she's a real character as well so both of them very bright quite funny and there was just some really lovely moments where you're up on the fell and or down in the valley and and they're just they're just making me laugh out loud because of I don't know little things that they're doing or Finn like rolling around in his on his back in the grass because he's just absolutely joyous and and also moments where we were sort of down in there was a really lovely camp we stayed at in Ennerdale and we were right up the valley and we were right next to this like the the gorgeous river comes down through the valley the sun was setting I mean it's a bit cliched but it was just beautiful it was like really red sky and it felt like you could have been in Alaska or something and and there's your horse on a tether there's your dog sort of just watching next to the horse and just keeping an eye on her and then your tent and it's just so simple and there's no one else there and it just yeah it was beautiful but there was there was some other really lovely moments like watching a barn owl up um up on a fell that was up really tucked away up a bride away we were camping up there and watching the barn owl like just flying around and hunting and stuff that was gorgeous and and then the very almost like the last night it wasn't quite the last night but it was the last night of real being really immersed in the trip we we camped above a town called Tarn House which is near Hawkshead and we were just in this again just a really beautiful spot up above the tarn and looking down on the Scots pines and the and the tarn below and and then we had this view of like all the mountains that we've come through so I and I wasn't so I hadn't planned it that way but we just happened to be in this spot where you could just see all the fells we come through from like all the way around from sort of Wands Fell to Helvellyn and all around over sort of towards Blencathrin, Langdales and and there you are and and Pansy was kind of stood there silhouetted against the sky she was it was like she was watching it as much as I was of just like where we've been and and then we were just kind of bivvied out on this sort of lovely grassy spot right there and that was yeah there's a few tears that night actually I just didn't want it to end at all so that was special incredible and yeah in that month-long period what did you feel like total freedom it, I felt so I did feel really free and I didn't take any of it for granted. Like it just, I was grinning a lot of the time and, and just having to pinch myself. So kind of a slight disbelief as well that you're actually in that situation and you've actually made something like that happen and stuff. So I think because I'd wanted to do it for such a long time, to do that with a horse, it just seemed like that would be really difficult somehow. But actually, 
it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it was going to be. It sounds so cheesy, but just really quite joyous about it. I mean, no, don't get me wrong, there were moments that were hard. And there was also moments, actually, thinking about it. I mean, it's easy to reflect on it and go like, oh, it's just amazing every day. There were definitely moments where it was really tough, whether that was, I mean, the weather was pretty much on my side, because as you know, May this year was just beautiful. Um, so I was kind of pretty lucky with that. Um, but there was definitely some pretty wet days. And when you've got a wet horse, wet kit, a wet dog to share a tent with that's got really long hair and is like soaking wet and and it was just you know it was a bit grim but on the whole it was amazing but I, I definitely remember at the beginning of the trip and there's a couple of photos and I, I'm looking really serious and I think it felt serious because it was like this isn't my horse and even if it was my horse you've got such responsibility for these two animals and you're just hoping that you're not taking them on some ridiculous journey that they're going to end up hurt, you know, let alone you. But like, you know, you don't want, I just didn't want anyone to, either of the dog or the horse to, to get hurt and stuff. And when you're up on the top of the passes, like we went over Black Sail Pass and Scarth Gap as well. And that's pretty hairy going over that sort of terrain with a horse. And if a if a dog broke its leg, if Finn had broken his leg, yeah, it would have been serious, but he would have been fine. If a, if Pansy had broken a leg, like that would have been it actually. And um, that's game over for any, any horse, generally speaking. So it was, I really did feel a huge sense of responsibility about that, definitely. And making sure she was comfortable and the kit was right for her. And that I didn't push Finn too far because he's like 11 years old, so I didn't want him to overdo it. So yeah, it was quite a lot of responsibility, I guess, on your shoulders like that. Yeah. yeah it's not just you, yeah. And how many hours a day do you think you were riding? So I had rest days every week. Most days I did between five and seven hours hours riding a day I yeah. think yeah but I wasn't always in the saddle I was probably in the saddle about two-thirds of the time but there was about a third of the time I was walking so if it was really steep up or down then I would definitely walk I'd feel, feel well too guilty otherwise <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah I was kind of by her side but yeah about two-thirds of the time that I was in the saddle and, and so when you had your rest days, is that when you stocked up on food? Yeah, so I was stocked up on food on my rest days. And I sort of managed that as I went along. I only planned the first sort of five days of five, six days of the trip. So in terms of where I was staying. And after that, I was just like, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. And I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but I'm, as the people I work with, Will vouch for I'm, I'm not a big planner um, and I do everyone's heads thing because I don't plan much <laughs> but um, but I do um, so I was quite okay with that but I did know that I there were certain places I would be a bit short on food so I did ask some friends to drop some food off at a local pub up the oh, west coast okay. yeah. so I did that I, ha I generally took I had about five days food with me and then I'd stock up again and and also that's obviously food for the dog but not food for the horse. So the good thing about fell ponies is they live on grass and fresh air pretty much. So yeah. She's so tough. Like she's, she's a really, yeah, she's very, very low maintenance. And I wasn't eating fancy food by any stretch. So it was like muesli, couscous and oat cakes and cheese. So it's, it's not exactly a, a <laughs> <Yeah>. gastronomic <laughs> event or anything, but it was, but that doesn't matter because you're dining out on everything else around you and, and the views and the experience.
There was some quite funny times, so coming, I did stop at a couple of pubs on the way around. I won't say it was a total wilderness experience. <laughs> um, so that was quite nice to get some nice pub food in occasionally. And when I came into Keswick, so I came through, um, came down through Borrowdale from Buttermere, so over the Honister Pass, and then into Borrowdale, into Keswick. And it was really funny because I pulled into this cafe and it was it was like your cowboy, cowgirl sort of dream where you sling the reins over this sort of veranda at the front, which I did, and Pansy just stood there and I had my coffee and some breakfast. And it was just, it was dead funny. You would have been the sight of the town. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just outside Keswick in Porton Scale. And this really lovely woman came up and I was like, I don't want to ride into Keswick and get supplies. You know, what are you going to do? tie up outside the co-op and like go in <laughs> and I just thought I don't really want to do that and it's funny because I stopped at this cafe and this really lovely lady came over and she said um oh can I pat your horse and we got chatting I said oh, I'm just looking for a field I can leave my horse in just for a few hours whilst I go shopping in Keswick and she just it, it was so much there was so much serendipity on this trip and uh, she just said oh oh, I've got a field, you can put her in there if you want. And then the next thing, like literally two minutes later, we were, I just, you know, we were up at her field and she was like, you can stay the night if you want. So the next thing, we, I was like off into town getting some supplies and then was able to come back. And, and, and then other times in Ambleside, I tied Pansy up outside the spa and went in for some supplies. And that was pretty funny. There was a few confused faces around. And then, yeah, went in, got some supplies and then carried on, so. Amazing. I guess, you know, it's not a huge, I mean, although it's, it feel, can feel a bit wild, the lakes, it's not, you know, you're never too far from anything, so. And people were so nice, like, giving me food on the way and stuff occasionally, or, you know, if I, but generally I was pretty self-sufficient, so it was okay. What really sparked that, that idea? Like, what was it that you, came up with the plan for going clockwise around there because they, I can't imagine that many people have done that. Um, I think, yeah, there was there was a guy called Bob Orrell did it like years ago and wrote a book about it. I know people have done sort of riding trips around the lakes, but that route was just, it was actually from, I, I used to do quite a bit of mountain biking and um, I've done a bit of cycle touring and I was thinking, oh, must be there must be a really good route you could do around the lakes, mountain biking. And to circumnavigate something is quite special always, you know, you feel like you've had a, it, there's something obviously very rounded and about it. So, but then the horse element really came from my passion as a kid, like I said, was uh, bombing around with ponies and doing all that sort of fun stuff and and often on my own actually I wasn't like one of these pony girls who wanted to plait manes all the time and make their horse look pretty with like bells in its mane and stuff like that I wasn't really like that I was definitely was about connection to the landscape through horse riding as well so got an amazing connection with a very intelligent animal that I think as humans as well we have a really old relationship with dogs and horses just because we've been a we've been dependent on them for millennia really so I think there's an old relationship there and I love horses I think they're magnificent animals so I've always loved riding but then it was that that I could go into the woods and um, where I lived and stuff and just go exploring. And that was amazing to have that independence as a sort of 13 year old or whatever, much to my mum's despair and her friends who used to judge her really badly for letting me go off on my own. But I, that was just where I just felt 100% like safe at home. Like that was my like natural habitat really. And so, when I was 18, I stopped horse riding almost overnight. I had a horse on loan 
and uh, the, the owner just suddenly decided she was taking her away and I had no control over it. And really I, I was just about to head off to like uni and, and then I started doing other adventures. Like I traveled to New Zealand and um, when I was 18, again on my own. And, and that was the start of really doing adventures in the outdoors, but more sort of like hiking and camping and mountain biking and, and rock climbing as well. So I, that kind of carried on all the way through my 30s really on various different adventures and also living in the Lake District and stuff, that's been a really big part of my life. There's a real full circle element to this trip, that it was coming back to horses, but bringing all that, all those adventures and all that experience of doing my mountain leader qualifications and doing having all those times in the mountains up in Scotland and abroad and I went to Mongolia when I was about 26 and stuff and traveled over land so all these this mixture of like different experiences but then all coming together into this trip which was the horses and all that experience as well as the adventures and it was just bringing it all together but in my own backyard where I live. And it was that was really, that was a lovely part of it. In October 2017, I did um, a week leadership programme, like called The Nature of Leadership, at the Eden Project, which is wow. a really special, yeah. special place, isn't it? And those four days, they really got you to connect with where you feel you belong in terms of your sense of purpose and where you want to be. And it really, the penny really dropped in that week, actually. And, and I really connected with like, oh, I do, yeah, I really want to do this trip. And somehow that's going to be important and I don't know why but I just kind of trust my instincts on things really and I really recognize that I, I feel like I walk a line between people and nature and that's really where I want to be and that's where I really feel like I can have a positive influence somehow but I don't I don't quite know what that's going to look like going forward but I knew that this trip was something to do with it sounds so cheesy but it really did feel important and I think that this trip has really given me a brilliant focus. I don't know, it's been really amazing to connect with that adventure, but with horses. And it it's funny, like, talking about adventures as well, because I think, like, you know how, do you know, like, how sometimes in, this could be completely off piece, by the way, but, like, I think there's adventures you can have out there and there's adventures you can have internally quite a bit. And yeah. so I think that um, I spent sort of my my 20s adventuring out there and then I spent this period of time where I've done but I, I did quite a lot of therapy and um, and I knew that there's stuff that I needed to sort out in myself and I spent about six years going to like fortnightly therapeutic sessions and that that was like coming inside for an adventure because you're like I don't know where this is going to go either just like you don't know when you set out on a trip or something and so and that was just a bit mad so you've done this like adventuring out there and then adventuring sort of more internally and sort of working a few things out and spending time on that and when I was in that period my like in terms of traveling and stuff it was I really scaled it back I just went to places I knew a you know like familiar places and I didn't have this sort of mental capacity to be going to new places and then when I finished which was about two three years ago um, and it came to a really natural time to stop doing that and I felt like I'd reached where I wanted to go and that was that was great and obviously that's an ongoing thing but in terms of my mental health but I think I then had put that down and then I went to the Eden Project and then 
connected with what the next thing was for me and and then it's sort of coming back to the outdoors and that's why I think when I talk about it being like a full circle mm. I, th- I really feel like that that was that is part of it actually which has been really interesting to then get my appetite for adventuring widely again does that make sense absolutely yeah 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 but I just didn't when I was in therapy I just didn't have that I didn't have the appetite it was so so much energy going into working processing my um you know some quite a lot of childhood sort of experience and stuff that was really difficult growing up and like I was spending so much energy on that that I just yeah just didn't want to travel and I just couldn't do that but yeah, and now it's come, and it's really nice it's come back. And I think that's why the Eden Project was like, it was almost the full stop after doing that work with my therapist to then go, okay, this is next. And so, yeah, so it's been really, it was a significant trip for, for lots of reasons, really. Yeah, Amazing. plus it was just really fun. <laughs> what oh, remember it, it's it. like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, there's there's all the ways you can look at it in a deeper sense, and then there's like, uh, it was just fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> the connection to the outdoors and adventures and uh, challenging myself is a really important part of my mental health, actually. So, yeah, that's what I was, was going to say. I think. No, I think that's really yeah. interesting. And, and I think that, for me, has very much been a part of it as well, and I think for lots of other people. Mm. Um, I certainly have struggled with anxiety. And, you know, when I went to New Zealand um, and I was outdoors every day... Mm walking and mm. putting my body through that um I you know it, it did wonders for me yeah I absolutely you know yeah. felt so happy and, yeah um and I think it's such a such a wonderful way to um sometimes sort of you know get you out of a place which is which is difficult yeah. and, and it seems like that's what it's done for you as yeah well. it's, it's a real it really I think it can really shift you because you get that sense of perspective that you and like standing back from things and what I really know, I don't know if you noticed this when you got back from New Zealand and like when you're on that constant, like it's so simple, isn't it? Your life every day is so simple yeah. and you have so much space for talking to people, spending time with people. If you want to spend an extra bit of time in a, um, with, with some nice people you've met in an amazing place or, in an, or just in a beautiful place, you can do that as long as you've got, you know, sustenance and stuff, you can do that. And that, is so freeing you don't have to be anywhere and I think in our lives day to day like I just resisted it so much when I got back I was convinced I was going to be very sensible about the whole thing and just just got to accept it's just going to be different coming home but it's so hard you know you've constantly got to be somewhere you've got you've got constant diary entries and you've got to be here and you've got to go there and you've you know, even if you're connecting with someone and it feels an important conversation to be having and and you're getting a real sense of connection and friendship and all the good things that come from having conversations with people that you've not met before and that you really connect with. And then you've just got to go, oh, I've got to go. And you've got, I've got to be somewhere. In fact, I'm late, so I'm going to have to leg it, which is really stressful. And Well, that's my life anyway. I'm always late. Um, as you found out today. I'm sorry. Um, and when you're on a trip like... Your trip and like this trip I did with the horse, you've just got to, you, you just go into a totally different time scale, don't you? And you've just got so so much more space to notice things, to take your time. And if you want to have a lie in, or if you want to just spend some time writing, or I don't know, take drinking in a good view, then you've got time to do that. And 
you don't have to be anywhere particularly. Yeah. Um, so it's, I just think that space is so important and that's where you can allow some of the goodness that's around you in and that's, yeah, and that's so good for you, isn't it? When you were younger and, yeah. and you saw your life panning out in terms of your career, mm. what, would you, what would you think about looking, you know, if you were young now and looking at yourself? I'd be like, it's a shame she's not earning a bit more money, but <laughs> she does look pretty happy. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I think actually, I think I'd be, I'd be pleased actually that I was doing something that I really enjoy and that's got variety and creativity within it. I'd be pleased for her, definitely. In fact, I can, rem <laughs> it's funny, when I, I've got like a few things that really impacted me when I was little. I was sat in the to upstairs, very cold toilet at home in my family home. And um, it, was, it was like a long, narrow loo. It had loads of posters on the walls. A lot of them were like National Geographic type posters. I just said to myself, I was like, I, I don't know if I said it out loud or thought it, but I know I wanted to have adventures in my life. So, um, and that was an absolute definite, and I and I just, I don't really know where that came from, whether it was just from the posters and like maybe, I don't know, something must have triggered it, but I don't know what that was, but, um, but I just wanted to have adventures in my life. It wasn't that life was really boring at home, but it was like, I just wanted something exciting to happen, I think, and so, so that was it. Um, I sort of made my mind up, so maybe sat on the loo. <laughs> forward to the future I'd be like yeah pretty good let's move on to the people who have inspired you who mm. would be the first person the first person that jumps into my mind is I have a really amazing godmother and she's called Mary and she has been a really steady positive influence in my life and she's traveled a lot she really has encouraged me in lots of directions but but really traveling is the main thing she's just that's really important to her and I think she's really passed on that passion and that love of travel to me and it was because of her I went to New Zealand as an 18 year old and you know when I was 26 did this overland trip to Mongolia and then spent a lot of time in Asia and stuff and and I think that searching for that the exotic and the different and stuff is that's I think that's partly come from her definitely she doesn't rough it like I do in a tent particularly <laughs> <laughs> she does it in a bit more style but yeah she's she's definitely always inspired me to travel and she's a a very strong independent woman and she has a lot of fun with it she just a few years ago turned 70 and spent her 70th birthday in the antarctic i mean it's not <laughs> that's incredible yeah so she she's pretty cool like that so i think alistair humphreys is really i think he's really inspiring actually and i think what i really like about him is he's really humble he doesn't he doesn't brag he's about encouraging other people to get out there and do stuff and making everything accessible. So I think for people who don't know who Alistair Humphreys is, can you just yeah. tell us a bit more about him? Oh, yeah. so yeah, sorry, yeah, it's um, so Alistair Humphreys is a guy who's an adventurer and he has written quite a few books about his adventures and he's travelled all around the world 
on bicycle quite a lot. What really inspired me was his book. He wrote a book called Micro Adventures and he's got some really great stuff online um, that you can watch in short videos. And it and the, it's just about doing something really simple but creative from your front door or somewhere locally. And it is just about bivvying out in a local wood or why don't you get on your bike, um, get on a train with your bike and then cycle home from some place and just like having an adventure I think he did one adventure was walking around the M25 which personally I probably wouldn't bother with and I'm quite happy to skip having grown up quite close to the M25 he makes things sound and they are very accessible it's just about making that it's I don't know there's a tipping point with adventures where you just go fuck it I'm just gonna do it and that's actually the hardest thing actually doing it isn't as bad as just making the decision to do it and I think he he really encourages people in that direction but also about doing stuff close to home which I really like how about your third person third person I think um it's probably my mum she is a very independent woman again she's very strong and I think she's had a really good influence on me because like I've got two older brothers and I could have been like you know the molly coddled like little girl and it's like oh Claire's going to do girly thing and she just wasn't like that with me and she just saw me as absolutely physically as capable as my brothers and she didn't hold me back when I wanted to go out horse riding on my own or and I all I was always pushing the limits in terms of where I was allowed to go because initially you're only allowed to play in the back garden or wherever and then slowly I was able to sort of explore the backfield and then there was the canal and the moment I was allowed to go and walk the dogs on my own along the canal path was like gosh like total freedom <laughs> <laughs> massive massive step and so crossing the, each of those thresholds at the right time and and she really she had to let me go probably a bit sooner than other people might have done because I was just always wanting to push those boundaries and get out further and it was her that sort of got me my first pony on load so she arranged that because she knew things were going to be tough at home and she was just like right Claire's going to need a massive distraction from this and so I'm going to right, we're going to organise a cheap horse for her to be able to ride. And then I was just like off on the woods on my own and with with my mum's friends going like, you shouldn't be letting her do that. She'll fall off and hurt herself or someone's going to flash her or, you know, she's going to get in. And my mum was like, oh, I've just got to let her do it. And so I think my mum's been really like inspirational like that, actually, and, and just like, and, and not seeing me as different from the boys, my brothers and stuff. What would be your advice for people who want to be much more outdoorsy, but they don't really know where to start? What I would do is, first thing I always do before sort of planning anything is to, I'm quite into writing and uh, drawing, and um, they're rubbish drawings and probably quite tedious writing, but I think it's really important to write stuff down that you want to do and set yourself some goals so I think that's that's definitely something I would do and anyone can do that I can look back through old diaries and it was quite weird actually I looked through one that I wrote years and years ago and I never thought I'd end up living in the mountains in the Lake District and there was this picture of like a person walking towards the mountains and it was a it was a it was a girl and she was walking to and I'd drawn that when I was like I don't know maybe 15 or something and I was like oh my god that is the picture of sort of what I've done and yeah. it was so I think those those sort of things can really help 
help you um, progress forward. So you do writing stuff down, writing some goals, and just doing a bit of a mind map of like all the different things that you'd really like to do. So I think that's a bit of a starting point. I think that it's just baby steps. It's doing little things and building up. I know that when I was a kid, I was always like pushing this boundary of like the back garden and then the field behind the back garden and then the field to the side and then the canal and then the canal woods and then I was allowed in the whole of the woods um, at home which were just like the Chilton Hills were like pretty big so there's this kind of there was a definite progression and that started in my back garden so whatever your back garden is what anyone's back garden is whether that's like um, a local park or going for a walk on the canal or a local sort of river or something like that and and just going out to different places and one of the, actually one of the things I did with my with my mum on weekends my my mum knew I was going to be going out on my horse quite a bit and <laughs> bless her she got me to read she got me reading maps because she knew that she didn't want me to get lost and stuff so so I did start reading a map we had this thing where we would get, so she was uh, suffering with quite a bad depression at the time. So like getting out and exercising obviously is really good for that. But we would never go to the same place twice. So we always had to go somewhere different. And that if you make yourself not, because it's really easy to go around the same routes all the time. And the things that makes it adventurous is like going somewhere different. So if you say to yourself, right, I'm not allowed to do the same walk twice on a weekend, then, you know, each weekend you're going to find somewhere new to go the big thing for me has been finding other like-minded people which when you're at school it doesn't feel like there's anyone wants to do the same stuff as you because everyone wants to sort of read read teenaging magazines and put on makeup and do all that stuff which is great but I didn't want to do that I, I sort of wanted to be outside and doing other things a bit so I think when you meet other people that you can be inspired with that's really special by meeting one person who's into the outdoors you might meet another person and then you kind of form a little group and you could go out like for a walk or a bike ride together and just kind of like finding those people and then I I actually joined a, a climbing club as well when I was at uni and that was amazing like I was that was a real shift I think one thing I did do that I I think is so underestimated but was was learning to read a map it is the most empowering thing you can do. I just think it's amazing because it means you can go anywhere. And whether you use it in a city, a town, or in the countryside, or in the mountains, it is so useful. And I think we're losing that skill a bit because of GPS and like all our phones and all that sort of stuff. Um, but actually, being able to read a proper paper map is not as old school as some people think, which I met some people on my trip and they saw me. I met lots of people on my trip, but they, these particular group of mountain biking lads and they were like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're going around on a horse. That's amazing. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really good. And then, uh, and then he said, how are, you, how are you mapping it and stuff? And I was just like... I'm using a map and he just said oh cool old school it's oh just like, it's not old school it's really bloody important to learn how to read a map so and um, so that's quite a thing for me and I did my to get out into the fells into the mountains and be able to do that I did my mountain leader training and I went on and did my assessment because it's useful for work anyone can book on to their mountain leader training and that gives you such a lot of skills into what you need to go out camping and wilderness sort of places and I, I'd recommend that to anybody it's just so it's gives you so many skills and confidence to get out in the outdoors look we, I know we have to wrap it up but thank you so much Claire oh, it's, been it's been so, so nice. lovely to talk to you and hear about your massive adventure and oh, also you. about your career and, and how the outdoors has really been a huge part of your life oh, so thank, thank you, you.
Before we get to the real outdoors fix, which is a relaxing minute of the sounds of nature, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to it. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback about The Outdoors Fix, so please leave your comments on the website, which is theoutdoorsfix.com. You'll also find photos from Claire's Lake District ride and other episodes. But now, time to forget about everything for a minute.